Praise the Lord. Let's give it unto God. Let's clap our hands to God right now. Praise the Lord. How many of y'all thankful that you have a God that you can lean on? Amen. Amen. Always comes through right on time. Never fails. Praise God. We serve an awesome God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm thankful for the spirit of victory I feel in the house today. Amen. We just came out of a revival service this last Sunday, and I'm still basking in the presence of God. Hallelujah. That's what revival's all about, a spirit that will change you. Amen. And you could take it to you uh, with you on Wednesday or Monday. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. It's a blessing to be in the house of God. I'll get into my scripture text. Uh, before I do, I want to give my pastor honor, Pastor Kerry Sharp, Pastor Tim Foster. Thank you for the invitation. Thank you for the love, the kindness, uh, the mentorship, and thank you for the church. This is my home church, and I'm thankful to be here with each and every one of y'all. Praise God. I want to read a scripture text, Ephesians chapter 4. And then I'm going to jump to Nehemiah chapter 8. Hallelujah. I believe God wants to reach some people today. I believe he has something he wants to share with us today to encourage us, to, to edify us, take us to the next level of where he wants us to be as a church. Praise God. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through you all and in you all. Amen. And I want to jump to Nehemiah chapter 8, and I will begin it. Well, the only uh, verse right here I'll read is uh, verse 10. Nehemiah said, go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks and send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Hallelujah. And for just a few moments, I want to preach these chains are coming off. Hallelujah. These chains are coming off. Amen. Lord, right now, I pray that you bless your word. I pray, I pray that you anoint your children. I pray that you anoint everybody that's in this place today to receive what you have desired for them to receive tonight, God. In your holy name we pray, amen and amen. And you may be seated. These chains are falling off. We all quote Ephesians 4 as apostolics quite often. For he said, there is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope. Praise God, we only have one hope. We only have one shot at this. We can't be playing around. Amen. 
the world feels like they are afforded the opportunity to make uh, the decision to live for God when they get good and ready to do so. But my friend, I want to warn you as a preaching man of God today that you only have one shot to get it right with God. Once your eyes close and that casket is closed, what are you going to do? You can't do nothing. We only have one hope. That's what the Apostle Paul said. Hallelujah. We can't be living our life nonchalantly. We can't be living our right life taking risks. We got to do what we need to do in our life. Amen. I'm going to be reading quite a few scriptures today. But that's what God wanted me to preach tonight. Is We only have one hope. There's only one hope. And that's in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. People coming into church looking for some hope. And we have hope to offer them. We have the good news. We have the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And you live for God. Praise God. He will bless you, fill you with the Holy Ghost, and give you everything that you need in life. And which pertains to godliness. Anything you need in this life can be found in God. Maybe not everything you want. Praise God. But I know there are many people coming into church and they can agree and attest to the gospel truth that it is truth. They love our preaching, Pastor Foster. They love the spirit of worship they feel when they come on a Sunday morning, praise God, and they leave with no commitment in their life. But it's time that we start making commitments for God. Pastor Foster said this world is going downhill on a slippery slope quickly. And that is so true. The, our lives are flashing right before our eyes. Amen. And we don't have time. There's only one hope. Amen. In Mark chapter 4, he said, listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Praise God. Amen. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants, so that they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on the good soil, and it came up and grew and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, and some 100 times. And maybe you never heard this parable that Jesus was talking about, but the good sower, he goes on to tell, is himself. And he goes and sows the seed into our heart, the good news. It's the seed that we need to hear in this world today. Amen. We all need encouragement and lifting up. We need a good word from God. Amen. We need to we need something from God. And pastor preaches all the time. What are we doing with the seed that he sows into our hearts? Are we letting it fall on the wayside? Letting it be choked up by the thorns, which is the cares of this world. 
Are we making excuses? Well, Pastor, that sounds good, like good preaching, but I'm going to hold off on that till I get to feeling better at work. Till I get to a place to where I could do what you're talking about, Pastor. We're making excuses. It's falling by the wayside. We're letting the seed fall by the wayside. Or spending our time doing stuff that we don't need to do. Allowing the world to choke the seed that is ready to produce. We have everything we need in this life. We have the word of God. And if we would just act in faith, praise God, we would see God work in our lives. We would see the seed producing fruit. Hallelujah. This Sunday morning, we saw the fruit of people who were praying at the beginning of the year. People who said, I'm going to do something for God. Dedicating the first of the year to God. And what we, we had a shout-out service Sunday morning. People in the altar crying and shouting and praising God. Hallelujah. That's what happens when you allow the seed to do what the seed wants it you to do. Praise God. Then Jesus said, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Amen. Nehemiah chapter 4. And I won't read this all right now. Verses 16 through 18. Nehemiah was a governor of, he, he had authority under the Babylonian king when they were in captivity. And Nehemiah had a little leadway with the governor, or the king, matter of fact. And the king gave Nehemiah a little authority to go back to his homeland and begin rebuilding it, to begin seeing his promise fulfilled that God had given his people. I know somebody's clinging on a promise today. I know somebody has a hope. God has spoken you a word, and you're holding on to it with everything you have. And God's saying you go build that wall. Amen. But something interesting we should take note of is the first thing that Nehemiah decided to do with the people that he brought with him was to build the wall. Let me tell you, church, it's important to build a wall in your life. It's important to go on the offensive. They didn't build a wall on the defensive. They said, I could tell this is the right thing to do. We need to keep the enemy out of our lives. Hallelujah. And I believe we as Christians, that's the first thing we need to do when we become born again of water and spirit is put up some walls in our lives. Set up a standard in our lives that's going to keep the enemy from taking our seed, taking our promise. Hallelujah. Some of y'all sitting on these pews with the promise of God need to set up some standards in your lives. Praise God. Nehemiah said, we're not letting the enemy tear down this wall after we build it. Setting up some standards in your lives. How about the standard of praise? We were created to worship God. When we come into the sanctuary, that should be the utmost goal of ours is to uplift Jesus Christ no matter who is praising God or who is not. We have a vow to God. He saved us and we praise him for it. Hallelujah. David said, I will perform my vows, which I have promised you. I will give you praise. 
in the sanctuary. It doesn't matter who's praising God and who ain't. Hallelujah. Let that be a standard standard in our life. Is to give God praise with all of our hearts, no matter who's doing it and who's not. No matter what we're going through and what we're not going through. Amen. God's worthy of it. Hallelujah. I don't want to jump ahead of myself, but he saved us. Hallelujah. We have the gospel truth tonight. Not too many people have that. Many people hold the Bible. How many people know the Bible? How many people know the God of the Bible? Not too many people in this world. We're fortunate, church. We're fortunate, church. Standards, living for God. I made up in my mind when I got back in the church in 2015, I'm not going back in that world. Amen. My old associate, one of the, probably the most stubborn ex-associate I have, called me 1030 at night the other day. Very unexpected. I haven't talked to any of my ex-associates that much. I brought one to church. But uh, he called me drunk and was just talking, talking. He was really going through some stuff. And I prayed for him. He goes, he, he's going through it just like the rest of the world goes through it. He called me drunk. And I probably wouldn't have answered that late, but I didn't know who it was because I, I didn't put his number, his name in my new phone. But anyways, this is what he said. He said, I'm going through it, Kirby. I'm tired of fighting these demons. He said, I'm, I'm, I'm tired. I'm, I have everything I need. I have everything I want, but I keep falling off. And I'm like, brother, you're, you're struggling with your humanity. You can't fight this fight alone. You need God in your life. And he said, Kirby, you know, I, I just need to hang out with you more. Like, it's not going to happen. I'm sorry. There's some standards I have, some boundaries I set up in my life when I first got into church. And I don't, ain't no one tearing them down in my life. No one's going to tear those down in my life. I said, I'm not going to hang out with you. I'm not coming to your house. And more than likely, you're not coming to mine. I will teach you a Bible study. I will talk to you about God. I said, let's, let's do it next week. He said, how about tomorrow? I said, let's do it tomorrow. He never called me. But praise God, I believe, there's, I believe it's going to happen. I believe people are hungry for God. He knows where I've been. He went where I've been. And he's looking for answers. How did you do it, Kirby? I said, it's not easy. It's not easy. You got to have an experience with God. You, you can't just come in here, oh, name it, claim it. Oh, Lord, bless me, bless me, bless me. Because when it doesn't happen, what are you going to do? When he, are you going to be praising him when he's not blessing you? When you're not seeing the blessings in your life? Amen. You got to have an experience with God. Testifying. So many churches preach standards and they're good. Praise God. But what about the standards that matter? Testifying. Why don't you make it a standard in your life to testify on the job site? Brother Lowell, you are an encouragement. He testified. He, one of his good friends, I was working under him. He's been an electrician for a long time, and, and he called Brother Loa. And Brother Loa didn't know I was right there on the, the video chat with him. First thing Brother Loa said is, praise the Lord, brother. This guy ain't even in church. I was like, that's awesome. 
That's how Brother Loa is all the time. Because he made it a standard to testify and witness to people about what God has done in his life. And those little, we don't think that's effective. Those little testimonies encourage people. They do. They do. Romans chapter 3. I won't stay on this uh, chapter for too long. But God spoke to me. There's people in church trying to build the wall in their lives. They're trying to get stuff back into their lives. They're trying to bond with their family again. They're trying to, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Redeem what they used to have with their family. Reconcile. There we go. Thank you, sister. And I believe that's a promise that God wants to see fulfilled in each and every one of our lives is to be reconciled with people who God thinks we need to be reconciled with. Amen. And I know many people, broken families, uh, God plans to bring back together. Amen. But we're going to have to get the Holy Ghost for that to happen. Amen. You need the Holy Ghost when you deal with people. You need the Holy Ghost when you deal with your ex-associate calling you on the phone. Because if you don't have standards in your life, then you are bound to fall as well. And I know God's reaching to some people in the house today. You need the Holy Ghost if you want to see anything happen in your life, the promises of God fulfilled in your life. Amen. Because that's God's number one priority. Paul went on to write in this book. He began to write down what it's like of somebody who does not know God, somebody who is not a child of promise, like we all were before we knew God. He said, there is none righteous. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks God. He was talking about people who, who didn't have the Holy Ghost before Jesus came. This is how, this was the, the norm of the world. There wasn't anybody that sought God in that day. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is none who does good, not even one. Their throats are open graves. Their tongue practiced deceit. The poison of vipers is in their lips. Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. That describes the world. Are we full of bitter? Are we full of cursings? And I don't believe that's talking about cussing somebody out. We better be careful if we get a spirit of cursing on us. When somebody does you wrong, you just get bitter and want to curse them. That's not your job. What you need to do is get on your face and repent to God. Amen. That's very dangerous. When you begin in the book of Acts, there were some people who wanted to use a gift of healing to heal somebody, which is a good thing. And the, the devils jumped on that dude or that group that was trying to heal. And if that happened to somebody who was trying to do good, what's going to happen to you if you find yourself cursing people, trying to do people harm in your spirit? Let me tell you, we got to get on our face before God. We're living in a world that is, we're humans. 
The Bible talks about faithful are the wounds of a friend. People are going to hurt us. A brother is born for adversity. Only God is faithful to the point that he will never hurt us and never let us down. That's why we're in church. Hallelujah. People, whether you're married, your spouse, there's going to be miscommunication, misunderstandings. Praise God. We got to work through all that. But we can't get bitter with our brothers. We can't start cursing the world because of who they are. They don't know no better. Hallelujah. The Bible says they do not understand. It's rough in this life. But cursing people is not the will of God for us. Amen. Nehemiah chapter 9. But they, our ancestors, became arrogant and stiff-necked. I want to jump down because we all know this story. It doesn't give me a verse, so I'll just read the whole thing real quick. They refused to listen and failed to remember the miracles you performed among them. They became stiff-necked and in their rebellion appointed a leader in order to return to their slavery. But you are a forgiving God, gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. Therefore, you did not desert them, even when they cast for themselves an image of a calf and said, This is our God who brought you out of Egypt. And when they committed awful blasphemies because of your great compassion, you did not abandon them in the wilderness. By day, the pillar of cloud did not fail to guide them. The children of Israel, the children of promise, had backslidden in their heart and committed all kinds of blasphemies blasphemies to the point to where they even worshipped false gods. That's like me going to some weird church. Brother Kirby, you, you're, a, you're a preacher. You're a Pentecostal preacher. What you doing in that church? But God didn't give up on him. Praise God. And there's people who have messed up in this life. Praise God, now I'm preaching. There's people who have messed up and feel like they're not going anywhere with their walk with God. Hallelujah. Even preachers and pastors and saints of God who have been living for God for a long time feel like they're not getting anywhere in the Holy Ghost anymore. But praise God, if God wouldn't fail them in that day and age, he's not going to fail us today. Hallelujah. He's not going to leave us on a curb standing somewhere. He's going to take us to the promised land. I feel it in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Somebody feel like they're not getting anywhere with what they want to do with God. But praise God, you just hold on because a cloud is going to continue to cover us. Hallelujah. The, the Bible says the cloud did not fail them. Hallelujah. That's God's answer for us today. God, are you giving up on me? I'm not failing you. Hallelujah. I know you just got done worshiping a false God, but I'm not going to fail you. I'm going to answer your prayers. I'm going to talk to you in the Holy Ghost. I'm going to give you the answer you need. I'm going to give you your promise. You just keep on holding on. I'm not going to fail you. I don't care what you've done. Hallelujah. Our God is a compassionate God. He's a good God. Oh, Lord. Hallelujah. Let's clap our hands to God. People coming in and out of church like I myself have. God, are you giving up on me? No, son. You just keep on fighting the good fight of faith. Hallelujah. You only have one hope. Don't let it go. Hallelujah. But until then, I have promises for you to hold on to that's going to take you where you need to go in this life. Amen. 
He's a compassionate God. Oh, hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost. Lord, I've been praying. I've been praying and praying. But I kind of feel like you've given up on me. You don't want to hear me anymore. Amen. The cloud will not fail. Then the high priest, Acts chapter 5, and all his associates, who were members of the party of the Sadducees, were filled with jealousy and arrested the apostles and put them in prison in the public jail. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. Go stand in the temple courts, he said, and tell the people, tell all the people about this new life. Praise God. I never knew all the apostles went to jail. That's pretty cool. Hallelujah. I thought it was just a few of them. All the apostles ended up getting thrown in jail for preaching the good news. Amen. But these were men of God. Filled with the Holy Ghost, they had the promise of God in their life. Amen. They had some things they needed to do for God. I'm pretty sure they found contentment right there in that jail cell. Like, Lord, I know that you have this all worked out. You have it all worked out. Praise God. And I feel like some people in this room may be struggling with some weights or some chains that you feel are tying you down. Amen. But if you're full of the Holy Ghost, if you're a child of God, if you have an experience with God, he's wanting to let you out of your prison tonight. Not because they didn't pray to be let out of prison. It's just how God operates. He wants to chains off his people. If you're determined to work for God, he wants to chains off of you. If you're determined to live for God, there is nothing that can hinder you from doing God's will in your life. Praise God. They were set free. The chains were broken in their lives. Now, when the high priest and the captain of the temple and the chief priest heard of these things, they doubted of them whereunto this would grow. That's what the King James Version says. And we have many church growth seminars, praise God, and there's nothing wrong with them. But when we start having revival, when people start letting those chains down that's been holding them back, when they let God deliver them, when we start seeing people filled with the Holy Ghost, then the world's going to start having church growth seminars. Not the church. They're going to start asking themselves, how can we stop that church from growing? We're having church growth seminars talking about how can we get the church to grow? The answer is in your, the, the Holy Ghost. We need a church that's on fire. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. On fire for God. Come on, church. Then all the people went away to eat and drink. This is Nehemiah chapter 8. They send portions of food to celebrate with great joy 
because they now understood the words that had been made known to them. Nehemiah, one of the first things he did when they did build the, uh, the new temple is that he called on Ezra, the priest, to come and read the, the book of the law of Moses. And these people began building the wall and started grieving. Like, why you bring us here? We're building the wall. We're starting to get things back in our life that we, we were asking God for. We're starting to see promise. But my God, I feel like the enemy's going to come and, and take it all. They started grieving to the man of God. And Nehemiah told the children, don't grieve for the joy of a, the Lord is our strength. Praise God. The people started rejoicing because they started understanding the book of the law. They started understanding what it is to have a relationship with God. They started understanding who they really were with God. They were people blessed, covered by God's protection. Let's not forget who we are, church. We're blood washed. Hallelujah. Can you remember the first time you came to the altar and prayed through? Hallelujah. What a joy to see people filled with the Holy Ghost in the altar. Praise God. If we could all stand to our feet. Do you remember, church? Don't ever forget that. The joy. Sometimes you got to go back to when you first got saved and say, Lord, I'm starting all over again. And I think that's what God's wanting to do with the whole church. Hallelujah. Is get back to our roots. Remember where you came from. Hallelujah. Because that's when you're going to receive the joy of the Lord. Praise God. Get back to that place when you first started hearing from God. He wants us in prayer. He wants us in the altar with our hands lifted up. He wants us praising God no matter who's praising him or not. That's when you're going to get the joy of the Lord. Hallelujah. My life has been a struggle. I'm serious. My life has been a struggle. I know I haven't struggled more than a lot of y'all have, but I'm here today. I'm in the church. I'm still here. I'm still living for God. Hallelujah. And I see God's blessings unfolding before my eyes. And I thank him for it right now. But nothing compares to when I first received the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Amen. No one was with me. I was by myself. I couldn't call on anybody if I wanted to. But God was there. He was reaching for me. I believe God's speaking to some of us today. If we could lift our hands and close our eyes and begin praising God. We might not have a lot of strength. We got done working all day. But we're going to bless your name, Jesus. I believe someone's going to cry out to God and receive strength today in the name of Jesus. Maybe you need a healing in your body. Praise God. Tonight is the night. The chains are going to fall off tonight. Hallelujah. All it takes is a mustard grain, mustard grain of faith. Hallelujah. A little bit of faith. Do you believe God loves you? Hallelujah. Then call on him right now. Do you believe God wants to give you something in this hour? Hallelujah. Then lift your voice up to God. Come on. There's a spirit of victory in the house tonight. Hallelujah. Let's thank him for it right now. Let's clap our hands. Let's rejoice. Let's think about what God's done for us. Amen. Hallelujah. I feel like just tarrying in the presence of God for a, a few moments after this word. Let's allow the chains to be 
fallen off of us. Hallelujah. Let's cry out to God.